0: Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 says, It has been said anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. All right. Murder is bad. We said that two days ago. Adultery is bad. We said that yesterday. Divorce is bad. I could go into any room and say murder is bad. Oh, yeah. I could go into most places and say adultery is bad, and they'd say, yeah, that's not good. Divorce is bad. Eh, That is not necessarily a shared belief. I want to say a few things about divorce. First of all, the divorce rate in America is not as high as people say. There is not a 50% divorce rate. Also, the divorce rate among Christians is not as high as non-Christians. How do I know this? Well, first of all, when you hear about a 50% divorce rate in America, it does not mean that one out of every two marriages end in divorce. That divorce rate is driven up by people who are on their third, fourth, or fifth marriage. That all counts for the overall divorce rate. Um, And you can look at statistics if you if you break it down from overall divorce rate to First time divorce, it changes dramatically. Is it still too high? Absolutely. I would love to see that number much lower, but it's not 50%. It's also not the same in the church as it is outside of the church because most Americans still identify as Christian. But when statisticians and researchers do things to say, okay, how can we quantify the difference between somebody who just says, yeah, I'm a Christian, but they they don't ever do anything Christian versus somebody who has marks of devotion. You know, they attend church a certain amount or they're involved, their involvement levels here. Like there are things that they can kind of do to say, how do we separate somebody who's a, a practicing Christian versus somebody who's just like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, sure, whatever. When you do start to do that, the divorce rate still too high, but drops significantly. I think it's like 15%, something like that the point I'm making is that divorce is not as high as people say it is in America. Nor is divorce the unpardonable sin. And some people talk about it like it is. Um, it's not. It doesn't end your world. It's not like I, I, I'm, I got divorced and remarried and now there's nothing I can do for God. I'm just always a second-class Christian. No, that's, that's ridiculous. But divorce, while it's not... The unpardonable sin, and it's not as the rate, divorce rate is not as high as people claim, it does violence to people. We don't want to come to terms with the consequences of sin. We talked about that yesterday. There's a rise in sexual violence in America. Oh, there's a rise in the violence in, in pornography in America and the rise in consumption in pornography in America. The same is true with divorce. Divorce is violence towards other people. It does violence towards my spouse. It does violence towards any kids that we have. What do you mean? I'm hitting them? No, no. Like, I mean, hopefully not, but emotional, all of these things where educators see this, right? Somebody who is, you're trying to identify is is this child, somebody who's a victim of trauma and divorce is almost always linked to some kind of trauma in a child's life. But we don't want to come to terms with this because we want the freedom to get out if we want to. So therefore, we don't want to deal with, hey, there are all kinds of social negatives to divorce. But since I want the ability to get out whenever, I'm not going to get too upset if somebody else does it. As a maybe you're a child of divorce and then you go through like these are all the pains that it's caused me, but then when my time comes, I say, well, you know what, you know, 50% of marriages end in divorce anyway, so it was gonna be somebody. We don't want to come to terms with the consequences of our sin. And Jesus is saying, Hey, you you wanna be, you think, oh, you know, it's no big deal. I'm just doing this the right way, and what our, our culture says is okay. Jesus is saying, actually, no. You're you're committing immorality. Well, who can get divorced? First of all, Jesus says here that if you divorce someone except for sexual immorality, now I believe that this teaching applies to both men and women. In that culture, only men could initiate the divorce. In our culture, men or women can initiate the divorce. So I think it's fair to say this is just applicable to everybody. Jesus allows that there are circumstances where divorce is permitted. If if your spouse is just cheating on you all over the place like, yeah, you're permitted to get divorced. There are three biblical views in real basic terms on divorce. And what I mean by biblical isn't so much like this is what the Bible says, so much as that there are three views that people who take the Bible serious and authoritative in their lives and in the lives of Christians hold to. One of these views is called the permanence view, and they say, you know what? The Bible says in Malachi that God hates divorce, and he does. So they say there is therefore no biblical reason for divorce. No one should ever get divorced. If, if your husband cheats on you, forgive him. If your wife takes off with another man, wait for her to come back. And they say there is no reason ever for divorce. I don't agree with that view, but there are people I know, love Jesus, who take that view. There's also what was called the New Testament-only view, which means that they say this verse here, and then there's a verse... Uh, in uh, First Corinthians that talks about abandonment by a non-believer. So basically somebody becomes a Christian and their husband or wife says, well, I don't want to be a Christian and I don't want what you're all about now, so I'm leaving. And Paul says, hey, if that happens, you're free to remarry because they weren't a believer and they've left you. Or if there was sexual immorality. So they say those are the two reasons. But then somebody else goes, well, what about abandonment? What about neglect? What about abuse? That's a big one. Like if a husband's beating his wife, and beating the kids, isn't that reason for divorce? The New Testament only view says no. The final view is actually the one that I hold, which is what I call the whole Bible view. You take every verse in the Old and New Testament together that talk about these things and try to get kind of a bigger framework. Um, and there comes four reasons, either adultery or sexual immorality. You know, somebody's, somebody's unfaithful in their marriage and Jesus says, yes, that's a, that's a permitted thing physical abuse or neglect i believe is a reason for divorce emotional abuse or neglect again this is a little that one's a little tricky to nail down because maybe it's like you guys just need to learn how to communicate better and and maybe the spouse is saying really hurtful things to the other spouse but they don't know it so I'm not trying to give hard and fast rules. I'm saying like there's a triage that needs to happen. Hey, do you guys just need like to go to a marriage counselor and kind of work through how to communicate with each other? Or like, no, like the husband is just a monster and verbally abusive or the wife is just terrible. And, and, and it's like, I can't, th- this can't, th- there's no repentance. The final reason is abandonment by a non-believer. Somebody says, hey, I don't want any part of this. You're a Christian. I'm taking off. I've heard of that happening. In our culture, more often than not, the, um, the non-believing spouse will just say, yeah, whatever, you do you, and I'll just do my thing. And that's its own kind of pain. Divorce is really bad. If somebody gets divorced, it's not the unpardonable sin. But if I want to live in a biblical understanding of how God has designed us to live and flourish, then as a married man, I'm going to do everything I can to stay married be faithful to my wife, be loving to my wife and kids, and be forgiving. Because I know of a couple of marriages, nobody you know, but a couple of marriages that the husband, in both cases, within six months of their wedding day, the husband had an affair. Actually, I know of three cases, but two of them were success stories here. And in two out of the three cases, the husband repented, the wife forgave. They had to go through a process of healing, of counseling, all this stuff. But 10 years later, one case, 15 years later in another case, they are still together. It's a healthy relationship. They're just, you know what? They're, that was a horrible thing that happened and went down, but they found a way forward. So Jesus is saying, hey, if if you found out your husband cheated on you, you've been married six months and you find out your husband's had an affair, like you'd be right to, you'd be within your rights to divorce him. And if that's the right course of action, no fault. But there's also a place for praying like, hey, Lord, is this a place to forgive as you have forgiven me? So when we come to these things, we're like looking for these hard and fast rules. I'm, I'm gonna look at the Bible and say, Jesus says it's okay to have a divorce in this situation. I also think Jesus would be okay is there's not immediate physical danger, so abuse, we're not talking about that kind of thing. Is there a place for trying to work it out first? I think that's probably the Christian ideal, to try to find forgiveness and reconciliation first. Sometimes that doesn't work out because in the third case, the guy kept cheating, and kept cheating, and finally she said, I'm done. That's it. And she was not at fault. And God's blessed her and been faithful to her as she has walked faithfully with Jesus since. Divorce is really bad. And there's far too many divorces in this country and far too many divorces in the church. And so as an individual Christian, I want to do everything I can so that I walk wholly before God to preserve and protect my marriage and to affirm and support the marriages of the people around me because I don't want to see the same emotional, psychological trauma that happens to people I know who are children of divorce or who are people who went through a divorce. I want to see that not happen to them. Is there the grace of God if that's been your story? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it would be better if it hadn't had been your story. Also true. I think... I've kind of tried to give a bigger framework, and if I've provoked more questions than anything else, you can feel free to email me, adam at faithonhill.com. I'd love to talk with you. Um, It's better to have conversations than just for me to say something and you go, well, that's dumb, and ignore it. Like It's better to have a conversation, and I appreciate when people in the church do that. Sometimes I'll get an email or a text or somebody will come up to me the next Sunday or whatever, and I think that's good and healthy. So this is a general teaching on divorce, Divorce is bad. Divorce hurts people. It's not the unpardonable sin, and there are biblical reasons for divorce. But I pray that God would strengthen our marriages and lead us to a place of thriving so that we can bless our spouses, our families, and the world around us. We'll see you tomorrow as we continue these short teachings from Matthew chapter 5.